What a fucking week. This week was just... But first of all, was... fuck you. Fuck you, Mike. For what? Fuck you. Last night, during the Browns oh, game... God. Oh, I'm God. I'm watching the Browns game on my, like, smart TV, so... It's on a delay. It's on like a. So this is already your fault for not having cable. It's on like a ninety-second delay. Mike's texting me by the second updates on this game, totally ruining it. I mean, who knew someone could ruin the NFL playoffs? So let me set the scene straight. I went to my parents' house to watch the game, and at halftime, I'm like, okay, this is over. I, I have work at nine. You're I'm taking the train with your dad. I'm taking the train home. You're texting and- me, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb. I'll be bad through another pick. I'm on the train, and I just see this kid is having an absolute meltdown. He's like, oh my god, Steelers are gonna win. Steelers are gonna win. They're gonna choke. Steelers are winning, which is very plausible with the Cleveland Browns, but. It was ne- it was never close. You were throwing an absolute panic attack. It was embarrassing, and Mike. I swear to God, for no reason, you wanted to kill me when Hooper dropped that ball. You you probably thought that they ran it back for a pick six. <laughs> yeah, well, you said, fuck, fuck. So I'm like, oh, some crazy shit must happen here. And then he just drops a pass. You're throwing if I it say, a- <laughs> If I say the word fuck, that keeps it ambiguous. You don't know what happens. I, I didn't say fuck. Fuck, he dropped it, or fuck, they you took it back. Were playing with my emotions like a ragdoll, throwing me around as you wished. Shout out, shout out to the Cleveland Browns. Shout out, Browns. Great to see him win. I was rooting for him hard. Shout out to the Bills. Did you see OJ's tweet? <laughs> Yours truly. He said, quote, New England's no longer your daddy. Just his Twitter, his Twitter is an absolute gold mine. But when- oh, Mike, I do want to say one thing. I want to tell you something that just happened. So I just got, I just had a meeting with my academic coordinator for Colorado. You know, ahead of the spring golf season and just scheduling and stuff. And I'm waiting for her to send the Zoom, and she texts me and goes, "Chris, are you Bryson's umbrella?" <laughs> no way because i had that so backstory is last week for our episode i put my name in zoom as bryson's umbrella because of the shit that he was doing on the green in the immediate aftermath and i forgot to change it and so <laughs> i get this text like are you bryson's umbrella i'm like oh shit like yeah i'm bryson's <laughs> umbrella like go ahead invite me to the zoom that is me it was a really tough start to the spring <laughs> oh god Speaking of racing, after after Umbrella Gate, he kind of had a quiet week. Quiet? I, I mean, he was twenty under. I I mean, after hitting two eleven ball speed and having to apologize to Decky for grunting on the range, he didn't really do much. <laughs> He's he was absolutely atrocious on the greens. He wore some great shirts though. He looked like. Was it um? Who a man said? The rose. He said that he looked like Bryce a QR code. A QR code, so people <laughs> could scan it and measure his ball speed. Let's get to the actual main event. Harris English won, won the tournament in the first playoff hole at minus twenty five, beating Joaquin Neiman on the first hole. Um, what do you think of his of uh, Waco's dude Kenny Perry I... tribute act? First of all, Neiman was my pick to win, so that was a heartbreaker. I was sure he was going to make that putt on 18, and it sucks. But I, what I will say about 
Mike, I know you were chirping Neiman for like you know shooting the shit with Sergio. It was like, ridiculous. Eating chips or whatever, but what I don't I don't really see a huge problem with that. Like when you're preparing for a playoff, you just have to be in a good mental state. So if that's what got him into a good mental state, he doesn't need to hit balls. I mean, his he shot nine under. He's not like he needs to groove his swing. He's been on the course for five hours. Take a break, then you get back into it. He smoked a drive on eighteen. But it's but it's the fact that your body just tightens up again. You you know you're not doing the same repetitive motion again. You're not keeping the body loose. You're just shoving potato chips down your gullet. Uh, I does your body even need to be loose though? That's the thing. Like well, some of my best rounds of golf have come three hours rest off a big Friday night rolling out of bed you know onto the first tee no range balls you operate you on a different spectrum in your hands and you, you shoot a career low i mean that's kind of how it goes and i think neiman just has the same philosophy anyways mike i know your dad was chirping neiman he was boiling yeah i mean it would have it would have been a better look if he won but i don't think that that's the reason he didn't win i true i th- i think english I think English caught him. I think I think English for the most part won the tournament. Do you think do you think Harris misses that putt in the playoff hole if it was a slight left to righter? I called it on, on eight, I called it on the seventy second hole. He, he didn't didn't have a chance. It was always missing low. He's still like not a great putter, but I, I said this on Chili to Twitter. He's your favorite ball striker's favorite ball striker. Just the way the ball sounds coming off off his club it's different it is it is he constantly flushes it and it was funny to see like in this tournament and in every kapalua tournament everyone goes low and it seemed like it was just a constant shootout but then you but then harris bogeyed 16 jt bogeyed 17 you had a couple bumps there at the end and Neiman made no bogeys, except it kind of felt like he made a couple bogeys because he didn't birdie either par five on the back. So that was big. It him <laughs> not him not birdieing. What is it? Fourteen that 15. goes right back up oh, the 14. hill. Yeah, 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 yeah. That felt like a little bit of a punch to the gut. Yeah, and then obviously the putt on eighteen. But yeah, for sure, it seemed like Harris had it the whole way. Kind of, he just kind of was a. He's kind of a lurker. He kind of just he, lurks. He like is all the eyes were on Neiman and JT, and you're like, oh, shit. Like, Harris is right here. Is like, he a Harris- lurker or is he a lingerer? What's the difference? Lurking it just kind of comes up out of nowhere. Lingering, he's kind of there I the entire he's time. Lingerer. He's kind of a lingerer. He never really went away, obviously. Yeah, but- like a lurker, a lurker just kind of comes up out of nowhere. He's so quiet, though. It's just like you don't really notice him out there. Well, the thing is, he's sort of like, if you built a PGA Tour player in a lab, you get Harris English. Uh, really? In a lab, you would build someone with no chin? Well, the Sea Island, the Peter Millar, he's just, he's kind of <laughs> like this amalgamation of every single pl- of every single golfer that went to Georgia or Alabama or, or some SEC school. I, I know that somebody I know that somebody confused him with Hudson Swafford on Twitter during the weekend and, and Hudson Swafford was <laughs> and Hudson Swafford was really happy about it. <laughs> Credit to him. 
He is taking all the credit for Harris English's good work. <laughs> so this moves English up to to seventeenth in the world. Did you see that Xander is now number four? That's crazy, huh? No one has ever accused me of being a mathematician. What was but he before this week? Who, English or Xander? Xander. He must have been like seven or eight. But I mean, top five in the world is a big deal. Like getting into the top five is a huge deal. So I don't think Xander had been in the top five, right? I don't think so. He had never so, been in the top five. So the this point, is a big the, deal for Xander. But the point Harris is, is, at 17. But the point that I'm trying to make with Shoffley is that he hasn't won in a, in a pretty significant amount of time as well. He's had some closing issues. And I'm no mathematician, but four seems a little bit high. I mean, doesn't 17 seem a little high? No, I think 17 is just about right with the way that Harris English If you is see Harris English walking up to the first tee at a random course, would you say there are only 16 players in this whole world that are better than this guy? No, but I then, I, then I watch him hit a golf shot. <laughs> I mean, the guy absolutely pures it. That's fair. But the question, I mean, if you're 17 in the world, you got to be you got to be looking at majors, and I know he's contending at the U.S. Open this year, but yeah, that's that's true. But I mean, do you think he's going to have a big year? I think I think he'll have a pretty pretty good year because I think I think or is he's it a now Hawaii big- burnout. No, I think he has a big year. I don't think it's like some sort of three four win type year, but I think he's definitely reached the level that everybody thought that he would, especially coming out of college. Everybody thought he was going to be the next big thing that this guy would have. 15 wins major champion it could be a jimmy walker year so chris what would i what would your reaction be if i told you that harris english on the golf week sagarin rankings is ranked number six that's ridiculous what if i told you xander shoffley was number three how is he six what's the rationale the formula is a little different i'm i'm too lazy to go figure out what what their math is but it's Who's More seven? on current form. Seven is Daniel Berger. And who's eight? Webb. That's who's nine and ten? Uh Bryson and Patrick Cantley, respectively. Oh man. You're gonna have Bryson and Cantley worse than Harris English? If mm. Harris English and Bryson play straight up right tomorrow, I, who's gonna I think, be favorite? I think, gonna be I think English is more consistent than Cantley. Oof, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. For sure, Cantley does have that ability to just go subterranean low, and Bryson is Bryson's Bryson. He there's just the spectacular with him. How can Bryson be ten? I mean, he's like eighth in the world in the in the OWGR, if I'm if I'm recalling correctly. That's really disrespectful to Bryson. Whatever that is formula it is, it has a lot of disrespect for Bryson. Bryson's sixth in the world. And what did he finish this week? Like T eighth or something like that. He, he played great. Sixty six on Sunday, I think. I mean, he didn't. He didn't putt well. I mean, he he putted he like shit. To it. But that's but that's a good sign though, because the putting is something that's going to work itself out. Um, and that's something that I feel like is, if that's what's most rusty, for your first event of the year, you're in great shape. Speed. So this was a. Bad week for putting overall. Nobody nobody really putted that well. Uh, Colin Morikawa was absolutely flushing it this week. And can we... He's can proving we say, you wrong, Mike. You've been but, slandering 
You've been slandering. He proved me Marco. wrong, but can I? Can we conclude that he's not a very good player? Uh, this is you trying to somehow slight Morikawa despite having a great week. He had a great week, but he did absolutely nothing on the greens. And he, he's got a new was, putter. And he had a wet fart of a Sunday. He's got a new putter. Give the guy a break. Yeah. I mean, with his cheetah green game, he's going to contend every week. It's just going to depend on the putter. And same with, same with Hideki Matsuyama. Chris, want to guess how many strokes Hideki lost in the field? Overall? Yes, Total on the strokes. greens. Oh, on Take the greens. Guess. Take a guess. <laughs> For the week? For the week. I don't know, 10 shots? 9.7 shots! Wow, actually? Yes, that is atrocious. The next worst was was Mackenzie Hughes, who is our... Who oh, is our uh, DFL. <laughs> no, well, McKen- shout out to Mackenzie Hughes. He's a... Uh, He's the first. He's the first recipient of DFL for 2021. <laughs> nine he shot all four rounds, even or better. Mackenzie and I, DFL. And I think he lost like 6.3 shots on the green, which is also very not good. What I will say though, actually, shout out Mackenzie Hughes, friend, uh, friend of the pod. But Hideki, is he a bad putter? He's Maybe. atrocious. Maybe. He's an awful yes. putter. Okay. You're the only person who One thinks sec. that he's. A decent putter. Does he have a top five purest putting stroke on tour? No. Yes. Yes. God. He does. We're never going to take off to, with takes like this. I don't care if the toe is in the air. The stroke is pure. I like the wide base setup. He looks like a linebacker and not in a good way. I mean, he is. He's using his his strength. He's he's He looks like a machine. I mean, it looks he like it's going to go in every time. Even if it misses every time, it still looks like it's going to go in every time. Hideki might be like the original bulk up. Have you seen pictures of him wearing the amber? He was so thin. Now he's built like a brick shit house. Yeah, no one really talks about it. Yeah, I, I, think, Bry- I think Bryson might have been inspired by Hideki. But Hideki, I don't know if he refuses to, refuses to use one out of principle, but he needs an arm lock. Uh, I think he just needs to read greens better. He's an atrocious green reader. I, I think mean, that because I being like a bad putter and a bad green reader is not a good combo. You got to think about how much Hideki practices putting. Like, think about how many putts this guy hits. And guy's so mechanical. He is so mechanical, and you've got to think that in practice and on the putting green, when he's hitting straight ten footers or he's hitting straight five footers. That they're like going in every time, and maybe his problem is his green reading. And I don't know. I'm not going to dissect Tadeki's putting, but clearly something needs to change. I don't know if he needs to go to arm lock. I mean, now you're suggesting players going to arm lock, Mike. I if you can't beat so him, so you're join switching him. sides on arm. I'm lock. not switching sides. I, I'm just saying if you can't beat him, join him. Ernie Els did this and it earned him in British. Open. You called Bryson a cheater. For you, arm I, lock. I don't think Bryson needs an arm lock. I think he's a genuinely good enough putter that he that he doesn't have to use one. But he's better with. That is true. So but if he's better, I think if you're better with, then use it. But also, Bryson is an infinitely better green reader. The thing with Hideki though is he maybe he's an atrocious putter. But the thing is is that his gain from tee to green is still so 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 good. That he's been able to 
stay relevant and stay competitive. And he had a good year last year. It's not like Spieth in where he's still tr- terrific on the greens, but is absolutely lost at sea from tee to green in where he can't stay competitive. The fact that Hideki's such a good ball striker keeps him in tournaments. That's true. I mean, you can make cuts by hitting it well and not putting well. You can make absolutely. cuts all day. It is um, far more sustainable, and it's frankly probably far it's far less stressful. If you're hitting the ball all over the place, it's so it's taxing. a constant grind. I mean, it's five hours of of misery sur- trying to survive. Whereas if you're hitting greens and missing putts, I mean, you're kind of just more on cruise control than anything else. You're on cruise control, and you're probably beating yourself up every now and then because you missed what was probably makeable multiple makeable chances yeah but but that's really it it's, anyway. a, it's a stress-free round what else did um, you see from this week i was personally rooting the heart oh i was rooting for neiman but i was also rooting for ryan palmer because i love the guy i don't know he just seems like such a good guy and i love his swing it's so smooth he had he won might in be like a, 10 years he might be the mayor of tempo town he is did you think that was a penalty on Saturday? I'm not going to comment. <laughs> Here, what were your you're, accusing, you're, you're accusing yourself? <laughs> I'm recusing myself. What are your thoughts? I don't think it was a penalty. I, I really don't. I see no fuss in it whatsoever. He didn't win the tournament. I think, I think his Sunday play took, took himself out of it more than any, any controversy on Saturday. Uh, Do you think I he was rattled by that? No, I don't think so. I, I just think... I don't think he had his game. I just don't think he had his game on Sunday, and I can't remember if it was eight or eleven. But he hit, he he, he hit a horrific shot on that par three, and that's really what took him out of the tournament. He he's a good player. I think we all like Ryan Palmer. He's it's generally inoffensive. You call him boring. The other I mean, day. it's hard not to dislike him. He <laughs> doesn't do anything that really doesn't do anything that really catches the eye. I mean, the only the only real interesting about thing about him is he's a 40 year old man in jordans <laughs> by the way rom and jordans i'm fine with it i'm fine with it i mean he's you think he's putting metal spikes in those jordans oh my god <laughs> let's just so this was my favorite part of the week this is carried on from 2020 the mics have stayed hot they are so hot they and there's been some so good hot. And and mostly it gave us some good, but it also came with some downsides. Um, so Rom absolutely detonates metal spikes at at the infamous site of Patrick Reed calling his fellow PGA Tour peers quote pampered fucks last year, which is one of my fa- one of my favorite moments. It it absolutely flipped the script for me and Patrick Reed. I I said to myself, you know, he can play as slow as he wants for the rest of his career. But he calls everybody pampered fucks, and I'm all on Patrick Cantley, tr- on Patrick Cantley train. But to set the scene, he—I can't remember what hole it was. He had probably about like an eight footer. He he missed it, probably wobbled, and in typical Rom fashion, he does the he does the he mega putter slam. Fit. He was throwing he, a fit, in only a fit that only John Rom could throw. He does the mega putter slam. Like he's very famous for, and just absolutely detonates metal spikes, just cussing up a fit, just saying, you know, fucking metal spikes, man, these guys. And 
I'm I'm kind of inclined to agree with him because here's the thing: how how many players on tour now genuinely grew up with metal spikes? Yeah, except you can tap them in though. Tap but them down, but you can't always see them. It's not like, like plastic spikes to... or it's not like plastic spikes or spikeless shoes where you know you can be dragging dragging your feet across the green like a like an absolute tit and and you can clearly see it and you just pat it down. Okay, but here's the thing, like if you're really bothered by metal spikes, like say something in the post round interview or comment on it, you know, today after the tournament or do something, but when you just throw a fit right after you make the putt and then you don't mention it again, it's like, okay, well now you just you're mad you missed the putt. Like that's yeah he was just upset he missed the putt. Well remember But even if it did wobble. He is a golfer, but, and you know how golfers are. Whenever something goes bad in our games, we always deflect blame to something else. It's always not, the caddy's fault. It's always the wind's fault. It's always, it's always a divot or a lie, this, that, and the other. We never take the blame. Right. I mean, yeah, I totally agree. Not to mention he was sweating more than Tim Heron in a sauna. <laughs> Did you see his armpits? I mean, he was, like, drenched. I... I took umbrage to his to his hat yesterday. Just that Callaway snapback with the with like the floral brim. It you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of those like those terrible snapbacks that you see at like a mall kiosk that are just really cheaply made and, and has a like, terrible font and says Boston or New York. <laughs> it's, it's just, I mean, Rob's always had terrible fashion choices. Hopefully that will improve with Travis Matthew, but. We're not off to the hottest start, <laughs> which is, which is absolutely unfortunate. Um, but I think Amanda Rose really summed it up best when it comes to the hot mics. We're going to go back to her again. She says, "Quote: Brian Gay with a hot mic. Fuck you." Less than ten minutes into the broadcast, is everything I could have ever hoped for, <laughs> <laughs> and it's absolutely true. Hey, you want to know what just came to my head? What just is- came to your head? Harris English is going to be like an all-time golf trivia fact. He's going to be the only player to have broken a multi-win yearless, a multi-year winless streak at the Tournament of Champions because he got in on technicality. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh yeah, fuck, that's right. That's insane. You break, isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? You break a winless streak at the Tournament of Champions. Yeah, and I mean, of course. The year has been totally thrown on its head with COVID, so that allowed him to get in. But that's, like, he's going to be in golf history forever just with that fact. Hey, save that for when you're at the bar. Fun fact, fun trivia right there. Keep that yeah, one in the holster. 25 years from now, we're going to be like, who who broke their winless streak at the Tournament of Champions? And you might be dead in 25 years. I might be dead. You might be dead, too. OD on Coke. You By the way, start. if you, you need a plug in Boston... Hit up Mike. Please okay? don't. Please don't. Uh, Chris will be dead with cirrhosis by then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mike, let's get to our one-up, one-down for the Wait, speed. but but we do have to address this because obviously the hot mics pro- provided a lot of good, but they did provide a lot. Oh, here we go. Here they we did go. provide a bad moment with JT getting caught. Here we go. And here's the thing. I Let's just set the scene. Nobody's canceling Justin Thomas. Nobody's saying that. Justin Thomas is a homophobe or whatever. Well, people no- are saying that, which is the problem. Well, 
Like I, you can't so, let someone make a mistake these days. If they get a mistake, they're canceled forever. And that's so what me, sucks. We all know what happened and none of our takes are necessarily reinventing the wheel. But the fact is we're not canceling him. We're not we're not burying JT. Yes, Chris, you and I, we are we do have a tendency to be critics of JT more because he's can be a little annoying, a little whiny. He can say some stupid shit yeah. about centerline bunkers or but of course this brought up the fact that the first thing that came up into my mind was the, was when he said last year that he'd never be that he'd never be mic'd up, and maybe it's because of instances like this. And and of course, you know, it's totally fair. You can you have your right to to wear a mic or not wear a microphone. But what that indirectly says is that you know that this is part of your vocabulary and that the, it's something that you should work on, and you may be caught and. What I want to say about his apologies, there was nothing about his apology that I found disingenuous. I think he was genuinely remorseful and genuinely sorry, and he seems like the type of person that wants to work to make himself better. Yeah, and listen, I mean, I'm sure your average weekend golfer says much worse on a daily basis, but it's just that when you're in the spotlight and you know you're in the spotlight and you know you're on the mic, you have to be you have that much to know more careful. Where you are. Right, exactly. And, and I, I, it's hard to tell with like apologies because, you know, everyone has to apologize when they make a mistake. And it's like, okay, this is what you do. But he did it in a professional way. And I don't think that he's going to be doing this again. And so I think he will change. And I don't really think it's a huge story, honestly. Like, So I'm not defending JT per se, but I do feel bad for him in a way because it had to happen to somebody 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 had to have this incident happen to them where it kind of blows up like this this came up on multiple mainstream media sources and you know it and it was a little bit of a kick in the balls to golf when golf arguably had not so great a week you know depending on what side of the political spectrum you're on we're not getting into that but here's the thing this is where the this is where the the PGA tours policy of kind of internally dealing with things, not disclosing fines or penalties or suspension, you know, suspensions or whatnot, kind of bites them back in the ass in where if you don't disclose, you know, how they're handling the JT situation, they may look like they don't really care, like that homophobia may, may be an issue. And I don't think JT is a homophobe. And, and the way JT said it, JT was not directly harm the gay community or intentionally harm the gay community he was using the term to essentially call himself an idiot that doesn't make it any more okay or not like it's not acceptable whatsoever but chris you alluded to it before we started when p reed used the term it we're holding i think it's ridiculous that we're holding this double standard against justin thomas because Justin Thomas is definitely a far more marketable figure, a far more likable figure, and probably a more prominent figure in golf. When we have this confirmation bias of Patrick Reed just kind of being an asshole, so when he says it, it's just like, oh yeah, that you know, that's P. Reed. Well, yeah, well it is. But the point is that if Patrick like Reed, if Patrick Reed were to say it, we should we should be calling him out and and detonating him in the same way that. You know, Justin Thomas was getting detonated. Yeah, but people I mean, do that. People do that to read regardless of what he says. Not in the way that. No, I know what you're saying. It made like mainstream media. I that, know what you're that's saying. our main points. I don't think any of our points or any of our thoughts have 
reinvented the wheel whatsoever. They echo the same points that anybody on on any golf publication or any other of our fellow golf podcasts have made. And that's really it. By the way, fuck Pat Reed. Yes, true. Speaking of Pat Reed, we need to apologize to the listeners. We we gave them fake news. What did he that he signed a deal with G four? And so. apparently it's just buying all his clothes off the rack. <laughs> G4 still won't give him a deal. It's unbelievable. Patrick Reed's been decked out head to toe in G4, aside from the titleist hat, which we'll get to later. Pat, We said that Patrick Reed signed a deal with G4. Turns out that's not true. Patrick Reed, you know, is wearing G4 head to toe. He says he loves the brand, and which is great because... Massimo, the guy who founded G4, is he's the grand mastermind of the of the college admissions scandal. He's currently uh, sitting in federal penitentiary for for cheating, essentially. You know, they're cut from what the same cloth. What a great claw. relationship! So and even they won't give P. Reed a deal. G4 basically says we're really happy that that Patrick Reed you know likes our stuff and is wearing our stuff, but we don't have a deal with him, giving him essentially what is a verbal Derrick Henry stiff arm. Do you think that Titleist is going to pay Reed to not wear their hats? <laughs> Imagine. But is this guy really that radioactive? Like, I mean, he is. He's he's like blacklisted by he all should these be. brands. He and should be. Andy Johnson from the Fried Egg podcast, the Shotgun Start podcast, said it best. It's really amazing that someone who's won the Masters within the last five years can't even get an apparel deal. Can't even get a club deal. That's what happens when you're a flaming asshole. That's what happens when no one will piss on you if you're on fire. Yeah, and shout out to Kevin Kisner. Anyways, we got to get to our one-up, one-down here. Mike, I want to hear your one-up. So one-up, I don't even know. Oh, I know my one-up. Adam Scott, he got refreshingly honest this week. Um, I think it was with Golf.com. I can't remember who he's speaking to, but they were talking in... So I think the context of the question was, is the PGA Tour ready for like a for a mixed gender event, you know, LPGA, PGA sort of team event? And Adam Scott essentially says, kind of like we should be ready because here's the thing. For the PGA Tour, there's really 10 or 12 events that actually really matter. And the rest of it is just a bit of is just a bit of entertainment. Now, I'm sure 75 percent of the tour will disagree with him. You know, those guys who are kind of journeyman tour. Tour pros, guys who are just made it from the web, as opposed to Adam Scott, who's probably made, what, like $55 million on tour. But kind of gets to the point that maybe golf and the PGA Tour is a little bit oversaturated, especially with uh, with stroke play events. Yeah, but not for viewers, I don't think. Well, I don't think that we get tired of watching a, a tournament every week. Listen, Adam Scott's definitely not, is not going to be the type of player that's going to be playing on the Champions Tour. But here's the thing. Guys like me, you, and Sean, or these other golf diehards. By the way, Sean, Sean, not on the podcast today. If you hadn't noticed, just uh, yeah, just, just me and one hack. I got a great story talking about talking about us just not stating our names and apparently sounding the exact same. Uh, the girl that I've been seeing, she she got really pissed. Ooh. At me. She are you breaking relationship news? On the podcast, so, Mike. <laughs> so essentially, this I was. This is big, bro. I was listening. I was listening to the pod in the car because I'm that that level of self-absorbed. And she basically just goes, "Who's who? You guys all sound the exact fucking same. It's pissing me off." And listen, I, and I literally it, had to say to myself, "I honestly cannot tell." 
Because we sound pretty similar. Uh, do we? If you more similar than you realize. If you can't tell the difference in our voices, then you have serious issues. That is true. But Adam, maybe but, I don't know. But maybe okay. But but I hope people don't think that I'm you. That's for sure. <laughs> I hope I hope they don't think I'm Sean Fitzgerald. <laughs> yeah, that, that that'd be an insult. But but the point is that the point I was trying to make is that. Guys like me and Sean, we can easily get ourselves jacked up for a 72-hole stroke play event on the PGA Tour whenever we feel like it's it's clockwork for us because we're golf diehards. But say the casual viewer who really kind of only knows the, the big names, you know, yeah. Tiger, Rory, Phil, Jordan okay. Spieth. What's your point? It's gonna be it's gonna be harder for them to get themselves to get themselves excited for for a PGA Tour event every single week when it's the same format this is it's the same way as if you're a casual you know washington wizards fan you're not going to be watching them play on a tuesday night when they're two and six and westbrook's not playing you know like only the hardcore fan is going to watch every nba game only the hardcore fan is going to watch the Sox play you know all 162 right so like it's kind of the same with any sport but i agree with golf you don't have as big of a fan base that you're not going to get that viewership, but I mean, it is what it is. Let's move on. Not, my one up. T- what? what do yes, you go say? on. No, okay. go on. My one up is Keegan Bradley liking a tweet yesterday from the FanDuel Sportsbook that is offering a bad beat refund on the Bears <laughs> because they didn't kick the extra point with no time remaining, and it would have covered betters who took. Bears plus 11 or plus 11 and a half. So they're giving refunds to anyone who bet the Bears, right, who had that bad beat. Keegan Bradley, big betting guy. Big betting guy. Who in the right mind bet on the Bears? Like, have you seen that offense? Hey, I mean, with an extra point, they would have Insufferable. It's true. And Keegan Bradley's upset. Let's just say that. He wants his money back. He wants his money back. I'd be upset if I had to spend an whole after, a whole afternoon watching fucking Mitch Trubisky as well. You think Keegan was like jab stepping and spitting on the ground in his living room watching that game? <laughs> just because he was so just nervous, twitching all over the place, <laughs> watching Trubisky just make the wrong read on every single option play. He probably has like a spit cup, like if you do dip, but he's just not. He's just spitting. Like he's just yeah yeah. No, I just spit. I just spit when I'm nervous. So I always need a spit I- cup. I don't think he, I think he misses the spitter every time. <laughs> I think he's just too twitchy. Anyways, shout out Keegan Bradley, friend of the pod, Massachusetts guy. Um, yes, big. Yeah, shout out to our mass boys. Um, always love Keegan. Mike, what's your one down? One down. Hideki, just just his atrocious putting. Oh my god! Really enough bad. Hideki talk. Enough. But enough, my enough. but my second my second one down would be Kevin Na. On Sunday, shooting a 79, which is, I cannot stress this to you enough, is incredibly hard to do. That should be your one-up for him getting in the barn under 80. (laughs) Avoid the snowman. That's clutch by him. Listen, you're you're the optimist of the chili dip. That's insanely clutch by Kevin Na. What did he make on 18 on Sunday? Uh, That is a great question. If he birdied birdied 18 on Sunday... That is a one-up because he No, he it. doubled. He doubled. Oh, he doubled. God. That's still sick. <laughs> I mean, he could have tripled. Right. Exactly. There you go. 
That's so, did he clutch it? Yes or no? Double the easiest par five on the PGA Tour in order to break 80? Yeah, that's clutch. <laughs> I guess so. Um, my one down <laughs> is... My one down is Alabama, not only because, you know... I don't they, even know if I can watch the game. Well, first of all, the JT connection with him making the, the slip-up Alabama connection. The other... But that's not important. The important thing is Alabama's going to get slaughtered tonight, and it has nothing to do with golf. I hope both teams lose. Oh, no, I'm a Buckeye. Buckeye guy, through and through. God, I, I should have known. What should you... Well, my dad's from Ohio. Is he really? He, yeah. Wow. Big Ohio wow. guy. So, Bama's going to get crushed tonight. I have to say it. I'm rooting hard for Ohio State. Uh, do you want to get into matchups? Yeah, let's get into matchups. To recap matchups, it's a new matchup season. And we started this week with three matchups. We had DJ versus JT. And Mike, we picked JT. And Fitz picked DJ, obviously, as a DJ whore. Yeah, complete bot. I mean, is DJ yeah. Max Holt? DJ Max Homa and Shane Bacon. It's ridiculous. And Eagle. he picked DJ to win, too. Which Total. was an insane pick. Insane pick. Total bust on Fitz's part. You know DJ is not dialed in in Hawaii. You have to know that. Yeah. Especially you know, after he, winning the Masters. There's no middle path with DJ and Kapalua. He's either going to... He's either going to win by 10 or he's not even going to be a factor. Right. And this felt like a down spot for DJ. So, Mike, we were sharp here. We took JT. Um, not that we had any money on it. Obviously, no betting. Um, yeah, it's all it's all pride. And I have to say that for the NCAA. And our second match. Hopefully, the, hopefully our, our Keegan Bradley section earlier doesn't land you in hot water. Well, hey, listen. I did not collaborate with Keegan on this bad beat, so... I was fortunate not to have to uh, go to dial up the FanDuel Sportsbook and have to ask for my money back. <laughs> That's but, fair. Uh, our second matchup, Rom versus Xander. This one f- was fucked because Xander eagled 18 on Sunday to beat Rom by one. And I you, think- Mike, you and Sean both picked Xander. So you guys beat me on this one. That was really fucked up. I mean, that should have been Wait, a tie. So before we move on to the third matchup, can we all collectively say that Ron played a little bit better than I think we all thought he would? I thought he would be there. That's why I picked I mean, him. I didn't think Xander would play as well as he did. I mean, the whole club switch and all that. And the oh, other. God, come on. He shot 59. <laughs> That's fair. And Xander, I guess apparently he's fourth best player in the world. You should expect him to do that. But um, good week for Xander. I don't, I'm still down on Xander. I'm not trying to be like negative or anything but i just don't think that he's i think he's a second tier golfer i don't think he's a top tier golfer he's in the top tier of the second tier i think that makes sense worst top 10 player if you take the top 10 right now i think he's the worst i i don't know because the guy has no glaring weaknesses he just doesn't do anything spectacular well that's the thing i mean he's also aside from aside from maybe his aside from maybe his putt i'm convinced him and patrick cantley are the same player He's so boring, though. I don't know. I don't know. I would take Cantley over Xander any day. Even with the slow play? Yeah, even with the slow play. All right, and you Our blew, third us matchup. Wa- blew us out of the water. Well, this was great because we had Scheffler versus Berger, I think. and we No, all- we had Morikawa. And, oh, yeah. and then we stiff-armed him. And then we just threw him out of the matchup because everyone took Scheffler. 
And I proposed the idea, well, I'll take Neiman against Scheffler if you guys will give it to me. So I took Neiman. He was also my pick to win. Didn't win, obviously, but still won the matchup. Scheffler still played all right, but... Um, Scheffler broke his three-wood this week, so that's a tough scene. All right. So that's so- the matchups. I went two and one. Mike, you went two and one, and Sean went one and two. So Sean is now in DFL in the matchups. Too Under bad he's not here. Five hundred. Wow, we Sean. Did- I mean, that is so embarrassing. I can't imagine being under five hundred. He couldn't show his face today. That's why he's yeah. not on the pod. It's so embarrassed. Because because so we were. We would have just ragged him all episode. He Sean, take you're it. a joke. You can't handle the heat, you little pussy. <laughs> all right, let's get to the news uh, section. <laughs> I do want to say uh, we thought we mentioned Amanda Rose a couple times. I thought she had a great weekend on Twitter. Um, she had a couple gold tweets about Bryson. We mentioned the uh, you know him wearing a QR code shirt. Um, there's also this picture <laughs> circling about Bryson and Demon standing next to each other <laughs> and they're wearing she called like a circus act right <laughs> well they're wearing the same fucking outfit Ugh. they're both wearing a white hat like a kind of a standard blue and then white pants and white shoes and a white belt and well <laughs> the picture is like bryson looks 50 times bigger than neiman and she goes bryson and joaquin looking like they belong in a 19th century traveling circus act well, speaking of same outfits, we didn't even get to the fact that, that Neiman and Sergio were literally wearing the same exact outfit on Sunday. I know. They were. But, yeah, I don't know. It's I crazy. wonder what JT has to say about that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we're, we're only making – we're only joking we with you, JT. that one out. All right. Let's get to the news section. Irregardless What's the news pop- section? Oh, the – okay. So we're, we're, getting, okay, we're, we're talking, talking about, about- – now. Well, well, not just Bedminster. We're getting into general news. So we'll PGA, start with Bedminster. Yeah, so the PGA Championship, you, it was inevitably coming. We're not going to get into the politics or what our thoughts are in whatsoever because it, it could diverge and it could, get, and it could get a little testy. And I don't think anybody wants to hear that. But PGA, Listen, as Mike of Mike and la- I are on opposite sides of the political spectrum. And it's Complete always been Complete polar cordial. opposites. Always been cordial, which... You know, that's what you have to love about it. So, yeah, we're not going to get into the politics, but Trump bed mister off the schedule for 2022 PGA. And I mean, the rumblings were happening all week and it officially happened as of last night. And so there's been a couple of sites being, being thrown around. Southern Hills is the big one. And that's the one that I personally want to see, especially after Gil Hans's amazing restoration. I encourage you to get... I encourage you guys to go onto the fried egg, see the work that uh, Andy Johnson did uh, when he went down there. Took some amazing drone shots, amazing aerials, this, that, and the other. And then, so you want to see Southern Hills? I want to see Southern Hills. Um, yes, absolutely. Of course, Valhalla is being thrown around. I want to um, see Valhalla, especially now, after playing it um, this fall. Oh, it's it's gonna it provides fireworks. It provides fireworks yeah. every time. Ryder Cup, twenty fourteen PGA. I mean, now I'm not a Valhalla guy, but obviously you have the perspective of playing it that can that can contradict mine. So there's that, and I think we can both agree that the third site that's being uh, discussed is just one that nobody wants to see. Bell Reef. Oh God, that'd be even worse. But Liberty National. I, 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 I What's do wrong not with Liberty want... National. 
It's just, I, it's not that good a course. It stinks. What's wrong with Liberty National? I do not want to see Liberty National. It's just this, it's completely played out. It's this boring, uninteresting golf course. Just please don't. Just go to Southern Hills. Actually give me something I mean, that's architecturally it, interesting. <laughs> it, but, would be, it would be a little bleh if they did it at liberty um like southern yeah it will be especially bled considering the fact that the pga championship already has a tendency to to go to courses that we already consider a bit bleh yeah so before i ask you for your for your official pick as to where you want to see it go to let's just run down a couple of the future sites so this year is going to be a kiowa 2023 will be at oak hill and rochester we go to valhalla in 24 Quail Hollow in 25, and then Aronimink in 26. Wow, so if you're going to Valhalla in 24, they're not going to do Valhalla in 22. So they should do Southern Hills in 22. Now, I'm now on Southern Hills train. That makes sense because Southern Hills isn't it. We don't have that in the books for the next, what, six, seven years? So now it's a perfect time Southern, to slot it in there. Southern Hills is at 2030. I, I could read from 27 to 31. I just don't feel like doing it. Don't but I will it. say this. What I'm really surprised is Whistling Straits is nowhere to be found. Like, isn't Whistling Straits their baby along with Valhalla? Yeah, but you have Ryder Cup at Whistling. But they've done PGA Whistling Straits like every five years. Yeah. For the most no, part. No, that is, that is surprising. But I will say with that 2022 slate, TCC, what a joke that is. And uh, let me tell I you, I just want st- <laughs> I can't remember who tweeted it, but someone said, you know, Augusta, St. Andrews, Southern Hills and TCC would be an incredible lineup. And us Massachusetts boys who are who are woke to this issue just said, eh, there's there's one clear outlier. We're not going to say who. Well, we will say who. But you guys can also figure it out for yourselves. It's a total joke that people, like, revere this course as, like, some... Cr- I mean, it is, like, holy ground with We Met, and it's really cool on 17 when you play. You can see his house, and the clubhouse is special. The whole property itself and the grounds feels special, and it has that aura to it. And I'm not... I won't take that away from that course, because that's... It's an amazing it's piece of property. really, really special. The thing is, the actual golf course in a vacuum is ah, gosh i could name munis in boston that i would like better than tcc here's my thing come on now tcc it's an amazing piece of property with an okay golf course it's good it's like a good golf course it's not something where you're going to be drooling over it especially watching it on tv here's the thing if somebody invited me to play tcc tomorrow i'm not going to say no well i mean yeah obviously but you're not going to be like you're not going to be cutting off. I'm not going to be waxing lyrical. There's two amazing holes at TCC. The rest are very run in the middle, in my opinion. Chris, I, agree. I I think when we see golf Twitter in 2022 just bitch and moan about this course and talk about how small the greens are, I think we should reenact that gif where Kermit takes a sip of the tea, where he's like, yeah, "I told you yeah, so." <laughs> yep, yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, that's going to be us. We're telling you guys, like, this is not going to be as cool as you think it is and they're gonna over you know they're just gonna beat that horse to the ground with we and all the history i mean you're gonna see too much you're gonna they're gonna they're gonna revive francis we went we we met's corpse just so they can beat it death again (laughs) 
That's an outrageous thing to say. Okay, they, let's move on. He might let's for, move on next, next year. He might have nine lives. Um, in other news, Jordan Spieth confirmed working with Butch Harmon. Now, apparently, Butch is just looking at swing changes that him and McCormick are are thinking about, and it brings up like this really weird situation. It feels like with McCormick still in the picture. But Butch it's all cuckold. <laughs> he is getting cocked. For sure. I mean, how awkward is that if you're McCormick and you're just having Butch stand over you like, no, no, no. You stand aside. I'm going to tell Jordan what to yeah, do. Yeah, imagine. Just like McCormick tries to tries to give Jordan a feel and Butch is, just stands in and just says, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Like you got you got him in this pickle. I'm gonna get right. him out. Right. You had your chance. Like you were with you're with Spieth the whole way, and you could never make him into a good ball striker. And you e- even turn him in the other direction. You but, couldn't even keep him where he was at. And and I know that we're that we're getting a lot of joy out of this, and rightfully so because I do think it's genuinely funny. But I think there is an important question to ask about this. Does keeping McCormick involved in the process sort of reveal that that Jordan may not be fully all in on the swing changes? Maybe well, that there's like some bl- blind loyalty to Cameron McCormick. Cause yeah, I, I think so. Because if I was if I was advising Jordan, I'd say if you're going to consult with Butch, you just need to cut the cord, cut all ties. You need to fully transition, wipe the slate clean. I think he's. I think he's kind of testing the waters and to see what Butch can can do with him. And if he likes Butch, then I think he's going to cut the cord. And if he doesn't, then he can say, well, I never cut ties with McCormick anyways. So it doesn't look like he's flipping back and forth. But so I think he's kind of taking one step forward and seeing whether to pull that step back or take bring the other step forward. I, but if you're testing the waters and basically having McCormick supervise, isn't that kind of insulting? I mean... It's Jordan. He can do what he wants. That's true. I think Spieth's going to have a big year. I think he's going to have a big year. I don't want to say you're overly hopeful. I I want him to have a big year. And the fact that he's now desperate to where he's like, okay, like this is a long-term issue now that I need to fix right now, and I need to do whatever I can. So if that's throwing McCormick in the gutter, then that's throwing McCormick in the gutter. So Speed is committed to it, and I think he's gonna have a big year. If not, but here's my what? here's Go my ahead. point. If you're gonna make if you're gonna make the switch, McCormick would be in the gutter by now. He's not in the gutter yet. Well, because maybe Butch is for shit. Who knows? I mean, Butch essentially had to come out of retirement for this. I mean, not really. But let's move on. All right, let's so keep, let's keep swimming through these headlines. What do you want to say about WGC Mexico? We're not, it's not going to be played this year because of COVID, so it's going to rest be in peace. To no, it's the done. Concession it's, in it's, Bradenton is it's completely done for. Well, they're not going back to Chapultepec. Rest in peace. WGC Mexico is, in, is no more. No mas. Oh, so it's not even coming back in twenty two. And and I'm really sad about this because Chapultepec was. It was fun it was to all, watch, even though it looked it like was, a total dog track. It was fun to watch because it was. Let's be real. It was a. It was really a terrible golf course. It was so bad, but it was so entertaining. It, I mean, like, I swear to God, that I'm convinced. Like, I'm convinced. Two iron onto the green. <laughs> it's I'm a double con- green, but they only use one of them. And oh god. <laughs> You want to know what I loved about Chipotle? It gave me such 
it was reminiscent to me of my high school golf course, which is an absolute dog track. Um, Chris, you'll probably know it in Commonwealth. I'm convinced that eight of those holes were drivable, drivable par fours. Yeah, I mean, it was. <laughs> there's really no words to describe that course. I'm gonna. What do you think? Dearly. <laughs> my favorite part about that course was every greenside bunker was above the level of the green. Much. <laughs> it was a joke. And like the <laughs> fountains in the in the little ponds and the like unmanicured rough with kind of some mulch and flowers hanging. Yeah, like and... guys hitting it into the hitting it into the pond, but. It, it magically reappeared because the because <laughs> the pond was like so shallow. It was a complete clusterfuck. But so, so what do you think about so, the concession? I've heard it's impossibly hard. That's awesome. Like that's I, what we I need think, in a WGC. I think, like I think pros are going to be bitching about it. Like this course is it's supposedly one of the hardest golf courses in America. It's it's a Jack Nicholson Tony Jacklin course. It's essentially it's essentially a tribute to themselves and their and their wonderful class act moment of sportsmanship when they when they conceded on the 18th hole at the Ryder Cup. So it's basically just this course was essentially built to jerk jerk each other off. The course has apparently got the most insane greens, one of the hardest courses in America. I think I think players awesome. are going to be hot and bothered about it. That's what you need in a WGC. It really is. That's awesome. And, and that brings us back to the point that Adam Scott made because WGCs they don't distinguish themselves really from it, from any other golf tournament, and that's why these tournaments don't really feel that important. Rest in Rest- peace to to Grupo Salinas, WGC Mexico, Geronimo. I'm sure he's distraught. I mean, his hero his hero fucked up this week. Yeah, it's too bad. I'm I'm sure the PGA Tour will will just absolutely bombard us with some JT charity stuff. I'm sure Geronimo will get on the train. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how he's doing. Hey, Chris, uh, I got a question for you. Out of all the golf courses on the PGA Tour, which one would you slime? We need to have <laughs> a PGA Tour event on Nickelodeon. <laughs> we need to have it. It would be so good. Oh, so, I can imagine, like, the Nickelodeon, you know, commentators trying to explain the rules of golf. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I tell you the image that came up in my mind when we were talking about Nickelodeon golf last night? I was oh, thinking of the chip that Tiger hit on 16 at Augusta, the one where it hung, <laughs> hangs on the lip. I'm just imagining it hanging there, and then it finally dropping and just slides, just bursting out of the hole. <laughs> Can That's, someone edit that for us? The slime, the fake slime is a complete joke. Like, people, like, if you're getting excited about a fake slime on a TV superimposed onto the screen, like, you have serious issues. I was unaware of, of, the, whole, of the whole slime game up until when you texted me and I was bitching about how the, the CBS broadcast of the Saints game looked a little too cinematic, a little too, a little, little too high def. I'm like, this is, this is a little weird. And you're like, you gotta flip it to Nickelodeon. Yeah. And I'm like, like you want to? I'm like, what's show? going on? <laughs> Nickelodeon. They're explaining what the red zone is. It's, Can you imagine them trying to like explain like a penalty drop? Didn't they call the end zone the slime zone? <laughs> Cart path drop on Nickelodeon. Like, oh, it would be such a shit. Can you imagine Nickelodeon broadcast when Spieth in the open blocked it way right on 13 and was trying to figure out his drop? Imagine imagine Nickelodeon trying to explain the moment where Tom Grady couldn't take a red stakes drop in the match. <laughs> oh, it would be too good. We want you have it. to go through the whole dance of explaining the rule and then explaining why Tom Brady doesn't know the rule. 
We want I, it. We need it. What course do you want to see in slime? If they slimed, if they slimed Pebble, at like the AT and T, oh, like, like the celebrities there. Bill Murray would be a big slime guy. Big slime guy. He'd have real slime out there. He's gonna slime himself with the 18th green. Just, just hold up. Just hold up play. Just ham up his stick way too much. Speaking of people who we slime for, how about Tiger in this documentary? I didn't watch it. I didn't, I didn't watch, watch Did it either, watch? but I know that it was very negative towards Tiger, so I'm not going to watch it. I don't think it was negative towards Tiger. It, Ti- it was. Well, I think it's worth watching. I I heard that it definitely doesn't cover Earl in, in a great light, but somebody said that, that I mean, I all the stuff Earl that— was any saint, but— but somebody was saying that with all this stuff that happened to Tiger, that you it almost makes him like a sympathetic figure. And I think, and there were times in his career where it was it was hard to have sympathy for him. But then there's moments, especially post scandal, that they get into. You know the you know the painkiller addiction, the painkiller addiction, the du the du the DUI. Um, Even before the cheating scandal, people it was forget like- that he. People forget that he had the chipping yips and he was like knifing it into the grandstands of waste management. Well, even golf aside, all like, over the place. you don't, people don't understand what he went through. Even as a kid growing up, all the stuff he went through in junior golf. And he was famous by age three. Life is not normal anymore. Yeah. So you gotta, I mean, you can't put yourself in his shoes because there's just nothing else like it. So I would like to see Mark Steinberg direct his own documentary about tiger but, so here's the thing parent let's just get it out of the way this definitely isn't the last dance this isn't you know because tiger hasn't bought into it the only golfer that really talks is nick faldo for some reason because Faldo's just fucking weird um we can all agree on that and the only person who who really actually joins the documentary that you actually really want to hear from is probably who steve williams yeah, but Steve's been negative on Tiger too. And St- and Steve's an asshole. Let's be let's be real. I mean, I mean, him <laughs> calling him like a him getting well, a racist. Yeah, let's we don't have to go into Steve. Yet. We don't I mean, have Steve to go into is... detail. But Steve Steve's a Steve's a prick. But like you know, you guys obviously might want to hear from Tiger, Haney, Butch Harmon, Elin. I mean, they got his mistresses on, and apparently his mistresses like. They, they weren't laying into him. Like, they genuinely had good things to say about him. They felt sorry for him because you could see that there are some, like, everyday habitual things that he does that were pre- that were present because he never lived a normal life. Like, like they were saying how, like, you know, you could tell that Tiger never got to got to live, like, a normal childhood. That's why, like, he was, like, still watching, you know, cartoons and serial you know, cartoons every Saturday morning eating cereal on the couch. And it's just like, that's, that's depressing. Yeah. Well, go watch the documentary if you want it. If you want to. If you don't, we don't care. I'm probably not going to watch it. Um, shout out. Quick so shout, shout out. out. Shout out. Friend of the pod, Lucas Michelle, winning the, uh, the, Masters, of the Masters of the Amateurs down at uh, Victoria Golf Club in Australia. Um, let's just say this. Masters of the Amateurs. That's, the, that's one of the best names for a golf tournament I've ever heard. Of. <laughs> it sick. is sick. Like you win the Masters of the Amateurs. Like that yeah. feels like a big deal, and and I think the field got a little bit hurt because you know COVID, travel restrictions, 
this, that, and the other. So it was mainly uh, all Aussie field. That doesn't take anything away from the accomplishment. He, Good job for Lucas. Great. Not getting, you know, the Masters hangover. Keeps playing yeah, exactly. good golf, keeps winning, and hopefully there's more down the line. I mean, we're, we're hopefully going to have Lucas back on very soon, and he's a great guy, and huge week for Lucas. And yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Keep playing well. Hopefully hopefully we'll see him uh, up in up in our neck of the woods for the for the 2021 uh, U.S. Mid-Am, which is going to be played up out in Nantucket. Yeah. I and think that might be the... That might be the tournament I'm most excited for this year. We might have to get out to Nantucket and spot up at the Mid-Am. Yeah, I want to see Maya Comet in all its glory. So are they playing Maya Comet? It's Sankity and Maya Comet. Oh, that's so good. So San- so, so Sankity's the main course, but the other qualifiers being played in Maya Comet. Shout out to... Shout out to Massachusetts and Nantucket Public Golf. I think it's awesome oh, that they're playing there. My, for people who don't know, Maya Comet on Nantucket pound, Island... Probably pound for pound the best public course in Massachusetts. Probably. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. You have to get out to Nantucket. You have to play Maya Comet. It's actually a really special place. And yeah, awesome. It's a great it's, time. The conditioning is what you'd expect of a high of a high-end private club okay next week sony open we'll be ready for it mike who's your early pick for sony open early pick it's got to be or uh, early pick for having a really bad week no early pick for having a really good week i don't know if he's going to defend his title but i'm looking at my boy cam smith you know in his larry legend tribute act yeah i'm rooting for him you got a mullet yeah totally and he Huge. played pretty well this week Huge. he's defending right He's defending after yeah. Brendan Steele <laughs> completely. We'll talk choked. about Steele. We'll talk about Steele on Wednesday. We might need it. We might need to do a complete flashback of the, of the 2020 Sony because yeah, it was dude. one of the more wild tournaments <laughs> it's so last scarring. year, and it's just been completely lost to time. Yeah, Brendan Steele was a tough one to watch. Hopefully, they duel it out again. My prediction is the winner of next week will have not played this week. It's kind of a safe pick. How is that safe? Kind of happens most every most times. Uh, okay, well, that's my pick. Take it to the bank, and that's what we got. I'm I'm excited for Sony. This is one of my favorite tournaments on PGA Tour, and I think I'm one of the best courses on the PGA Tour. I would agree with that. Go Buckeyes! Ugh. All right. In Bye. a blowout burial. I hit a chili dip. It was off the it was off the hosel. I mean Cameron Davis course. is a joke. Mike, you got any now, takes on the e-golf pro tour? You already have iron <laughs> covers. You already look like a giant <laughs> pussy. I don't care. I honestly don't give a struck- shit. He could be six feet under at this point, whoever WD. I didn't watch a single <clears throat> bit of it, but I'm gonna chirp at the Fairmont St. Andrews because of the name. Yeah, Paul Tesori. Paul Tesori, friend of the pod. Neiman, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Yeah. Friend so- of the pod on Betsy. Terrell Haddon, are you kidding me? And there's a raccoon, no joke, like 20 feet away. Florida. Say Florida, I'm hanging out. No, you can't say Florida.